Good morning, I'm Jake Sherman, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchball News. It is Thursday, April 6th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, Kevin McCarthy and the Taiwanese president. Number two, vulnerable Republicans on Donald Trump's defund the police call. And number three, Raskin's new moment. Let's get into it. My hoarse voice is finally appears to be um, at least getting a little bit better. Happy Passover to those who celebrate. Uh, Let's get into Kevin McCarthy in Simi Valley, California. Yesterday, it's a little bit too much to say that yesterday was his debut on the world stage. He's hosted, uh, McCarthy's hosted the uh, uh, several leaders at the Capitol, including uh, the King of Jordan um, and uh, other world leaders in the last couple weeks Uh, and months since he's become speaker. But this was a a big moment. Kevin McCarthy hosted the president of Taiwan at the Reagan Library in Simi Valley, California. Our own Andrew DiCiderio was there for us, uh, and he made this point that McCarthy has at least temporarily retreated from the partisanship that dominates Capitol Hill. He resisted taking shots at Democrats and the Biden administration, despite ample opportunities to do so. And the Democrats were with them. And remember, there were Democrats at this event um, in California at this um, uh, meeting with President uh, Tsai of of Taiwan. They all were on their best behavior and focused on Taiwan and China. Um you know, the uh, interesting, a couple interesting things here. The uh, McCarthy had a delicate diplomatic dance. He had to emphasize that the United States stands with the people of Taiwan. Of course, the U.S. has no formal dip- diplomatic relationship with the Taiwanese government because of the U.S.'s one China policy. But he did indicate that uh, through successive administrations, quote, America has not spoken with one voice on China. Now, that's what they were trying to do yesterday. Um, This is what Tsai said behind the scenes, uh, according to Andrew's reporting. She sought to reassure them about the will of the Taiwanese people to fight for their territory and their system of government. Her message to, uh, you know, the members of Congress who were gathered was, we see China for what it is. It is a bully and we need help. Rob Whitman, one of the Republicans on the trip, said that, that her big asks on the military side were that they needed to build up larger stockpiles of weapons in case of conflict and Taiwan's military needs training. The president of Taiwan brought up the idea that Taiwanese soldiers should travel to U.S. military facilities for training missions and U.S. troops should um, also train the Taiwanese military in the, on the ground in Taiwan. That could be very complicated. And remember, um, The House especially does not run foreign policy. The president does with, you know, some assistance from the House, but mostly from the Senate. Andrew notes that McCarthy did not lean into criticism of the Biden administration over the Chinese spy balloon incident. He also commended the White House for working up, working to speed up the delivery of weapon systems already approved for Taiwan. He would not, interestingly, answer questions about Donald Trump, who, of course, was indicted on 34 criminal counts just, you know, the day before this in New York City. So uh, altogether, I found this in- really interesting as a longtime watcher of Kevin McCarthy, Nancy Pelosi, and the leadership. Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi released a statement saying that the meeting is to be commended for its leadership, its bipartisan participation, and its distinguished and historic venue. Pelosi does not like McCarthy. 
<laughs> let's be completely clear here, has no love lost for Kevin McCarthy. So to the extent um, that uh, uh, it was historic in the leadership realm, it was historic for that in that respect too. Uh, Pelosi with a you know her staff. Uh, sorry, McCarthy staff thought it was a backhanded compliment of the meeting. I thought it was a pretty uh, generous compliment in the sense that McCarthy never. Um, gets praise from Nancy Pelosi. Number two story of the day. Now we'll move on to Trump. Vulnerable Republicans. Max Cohen, our very own um, uh, reporter, and Mika Soliner, one of our other great reporters, new to Punchbowl News, got in touch with the 18 House Republicans that represent districts that Joe Biden won in 2020, and only three of them responded to Donald Trump's call to uh, defund the FBI and the DOJ. Dan Kranz, a spokesman for Mark Molinaro, said the New York Republican doesn't support defunding DOJ and the FBI and isn't going to start responding to every tweet from other politicians, presidents, and candidates for office. Well, that is part of the job, is responding to uh, the demands of your party leader, especially when you're in control of the House, and this could be a big push coming in the next couple months. Young Kim of California said, I don't support defunding law enforcement. Lori Chavez Dreamer spokesperson Aaron Britt told us the Oregon Republican doesn't support Trump's calls to defund the DOJ and FBI. A bunch, the rest, 15 uh, Republicans did not respond to calls uh, or requests for comment about um, the uh, call. Uh, and remember, I mean, here's what I would say. We wrote this in the midday edition, but this isn't just idle commentary. You, If you have four or five Republicans who demand to defund the DOJ and FBI, McCarthy's going to have trouble getting a, a bill, a funding bill through. Um, and Commerce Justice Science, which is the appropriations bill in which uh, the DOJ and FBI are funded, is always difficult. Uh, it's always a difficult uh, bill to get across the finish line. Not the most difficult, but a difficult bill. Um, and uh, again, Calls to defund police in any respect from Donald Trump could get um, traction from people like, let's just say, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, Paul Gosar, Andy Biggs. So it's a big problem for McCarthy, one that he needs to solve. Number three story of the day, Jamie Raskin has found his new moment. This is an interesting piece from Max Cohen. Um Jamie Raskin was one of the central figures in the Rep in the Democratic majority. Uh, now he has, uh, as Republicans seek to probe that Manhattan DA investigation and indictment of Donald Trump, Raskin has, in Max's view, found a new moment. Uh, and listen, this is a very difficult moment for Raskin in a few senses. Number one, being the oversight minority ranking member is always tough because you have to fight back against everything the majority does. You need to be relentless. You need to stand up for your administration, in this case, the Biden administration. We saw this role uh, by uh, legendary lawmakers like uh, Elijah Cummings, who took that role and, and frog jumped a couple other people when Republicans were in the majority. Raskin, of course, also frog jumped people. Um, they ditched the Democrats ditched seniority considerations to select Raskin to be the top Democrat on the committee. I would really suggest reading this piece this morning. It's a terrific piece. And uh, Max did a really great job on it with an interview from 
Raskin himself. And with that, leave us a rating and review. You can subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe. 